0: Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast. Simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better. Helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments, here are your hosts, Josh, Rob, and Austin Wilson.
1: All right, hey, 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 welcome back to the Invested Dads Podcast, a podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future. Today, Josh, we are going to be talking about diversification
2: which i assume you do not like because you being a musician you probably like versification the process of adding more verses to a song
1: you know sometimes i'd like adding more verses but usually if i go rogue which has been known to happen yes i'll add more choruses Ah, also known as cori yes if you pluralize chorus. no but always
2: under the (coughs) assumption when that happens that the screen got stuck and, just <laughs> and they just and have it to sing just the just same thing singing over and over
1: and over the same thing. see the problem is that it depends on where you go to church and your systems and stuff but it, oftentimes we we have like a sequence or like a click track in our ears behind it, oh, so, hear it. so we hear like what part of the song we're supposed to be in uh-huh. but then if you go rogue confusing. if you go rogue then everything there's no going on there's no going back oh, you just man. kill it you just have to kill it yeah. so anyway uh no actually we're talking about diversification which is really the spreading of risk um, among different asset types or different investment types or whatever, we're we're gonna generally focus today yep. on these, you know, specifics of equity diversification. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a whole nother topic about an overall diversified yep. portfolio involving fixed income and stuff like that over time. But specifically for younger people, um, we think that equities are generally the best vehicle to grow your wealth over time. Um, And of course, we're not going to get into details about your financial situation. We're not saying that equities are the only option. Please talk to your financial advisor if you have any thoughts or questions on that. And if you don't have one, hey, uh, get a a hold of us. We would love to talk to you. Um, You can check that out on our website in the invest with us tab. So
2: really what you're saying is diversification is spreading out your risk over multiple asset classes or sectors or whatever you want to say, just spreading the risk. Um, And so, like you said, you know, it's one of the big pillars of a successful wealth building is diversification. And the reason you do that is, uh, and we'll get to a lot of the reasons, but owning just one thing only works if that one thing continues to do well. Right. If it falls apart and goes the other direction, then owning just that one thing really give you a lot of risk. You're taking a lot of risk-reward on just picking one thing correctly. So diversification spreads it out. And so you can go, like you said, diversification between asset classes, stocks, bonds, cash, real estate, commodities, all those things. And then there's also diversification within those. And we're going to spend a little more time thinking about the equity side, um, the diversification. But in general, that just means spreading it out. Correct. um, Yeah, it's it's, more diverse. It's just
1: like the old... Thinking of not having all your eggs in one basket, yes. right? So this is about spreading that out. And I the guess, only time
2: having all your eggs in one basket makes sense is during the Easter egg hunt.
1: If you're the you want all you want those all eggs, eggs in your basket, that's right. That some of those eggs have money in them, that's right. So you have to Grab be real careful it. about that. So yes, not putting all your eggs in one basket. This is more about investing for the long term, right? We're not building portfolios, and kind of the way that we run. Our investing world is that we don't day trade. We're not day traders. We're not day trading can have very good or bad implications of diversification as well. But yeah. this is talking about building portfolios that are going to be set up for long term investing to build wealth over the long term in a variety of different situations. Yes. So let's talk at a little bit higher level. Yeah. So and break th- this
2: down. Start at the top. Start at the top. Way down. Okay.
1: So number one, you know, I have a little home country bias. I'm an yeah. American. But I think that every portfolio, especially here in the U.S., should have some healthy dose of traditional large-cap U.S. stocks. Large-cap, describe that. Large-market-cap is what that's talking about, Mm -hmm. and that's in terms of the quote-unquote size of a company. So a publicly traded company, think about there's a million shares outstanding, and each share is $5. That's $5 million market cap is what that would be, and the more- shares outstanding and the higher the price, the bigger the market cap is. And that actually is the more exposure that a lot of people have to that asset because a lot of those indexes we look at all the time are uh, market cap weighted. So the The higher, yeah, the bigger companies, yes, the S&P 500, the bigger the company, the more it's going to move the needle in terms of the market. So So, an
2: example would be in the S&P 500, (laughs) something like Apple or Amazon – they're you know like a trillion dollar market cap company or right? two yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're huge right it, it just that's the you take the number of shares times the price of those shares that's the value that's being assigned to that company and for the SP 500 they're a bigger weighting because of their size correct
1: okay so yeah that's market cap and that is large cap U S stocks so these are kind of the the vanilla the base of your portfolio they're going to provide healthy growth. As you know, we're the world leader in innovation. We have been, we hope to be in the future. And that's a trend, you know, that hopefully, like I said, will continue there. But large cap US stocks typically have less volatility than stocks from companies based elsewhere. Okay. And that can help investors sleep at night. It's also a huge help that, especially since two thousand eight, two thousand and nine, our financial system is extremely regulated and transparent and there's a lot of restrictions, but a good in a good way to protect people um, that a lot of places around the world don't have. So that's like some of those
2: large cap banks have certain rules in place that they didn't have Pre two thousand eighteen. Yeah, they can't get too risky. Yeah. What they can do with their cash and how much cash they have in those stocks. Exactly. Types of
1: gotcha. So that's like the ballast of your portfolio. But secondly, I think it's also a good idea to have exposure to developed international stocks. So I think of these economies similar to places like Europe. Photoshop developed. Developed. Like you Ooh, have you when's the last time you got camera film developed?
2: Ooh. Well, my daughter has one of those Polaroids, so I guess it does it in the camera when you take okay. it. Okay, so those are cool. Yeah, but not like a roll that, of film at Walmart. But side note, in college, I took a photo class, and part of that class was learning how to develop the photos in a, one of those dark rooms. Really, which was really cool to learn that. And you have the chemicals and all yeah. that crazy stuff. So
1: I actually got to do that. That is wow! I have never done that, Josh. I, when I was a film developer, it's, it's a lot of phase work in my, for my getting life. A, I Bad would take it to picture. Walmart, yes, and they would, yeah, they would give you your roll, you know, take your rolls and give you some pictures. So last time I seen and negatives, weddings.
2: remember negatives? Yes, you have those. Got to keep those. Got to keep them. But weddings—that's the only time I see them nowadays. It's like they'll put them on a table, just as yeah. disposable cameras, right. and then they collect them all, and then they kind of use those as like yep. a memory.
1: So back to you know yeah. that was so you're talking about <laughs> to developed, developed international. Oh, okay. So this Go is like way. established economies. So Europe been around for a long time. Japan been a superpower for a long time in terms of their economies, one of the largest in the world. Um, those are kind of the two that stick out to me. There are others, but this is the general vibes I think of. These grow at different rates and have different pros and cons for their economies at any given time than the U.S. And another wild card is that currency, so like the yen, the euro, the pound, whatever you want to talk about, relative to the dollar, Mm -hmm. moves in very different directions based on their economic situation compared to ours. So that can either be a headwind or a tailwind for those equities as you translate them between different currencies. So, I think that that is a, a good thing to have exposure to. These do not move in lockstep with US stocks, and that's a good thing for the diversification of your pol- uh, or of your portfolio. Plus, I I think it's easy, as I said, I already have home, you know, country bias, but I think it's easy to forget that there is a lot of innovation and a lot of growth going on elsewhere, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, There's a lot of really
2: cool companies True. that may not be based here in the U.S. Absolutely. And that's when you're buying stocks again. You're buying ownership in these companies. And yeah. so you're not buying Europe stocks. You're buying company stocks that are based in Europe. Absolutely. And that's, that's what you're saying. You're still finding good quality companies to invest in.
1: So a third pillar, and this is like the high-level pillar. Yep. Third pillar of a diversified equity portfolio is exposure to emerging market stocks. So these are a little different than the developed international stocks, but these are some of the fastest-growing economies in the world. So countries like Uh, from areas like Asia, from uh, areas like Africa, Latin America. Um, Sometimes these can be referred to as – they used to be referred to as the BRIC countries. So Brazil, Russia, India, China. These are all kind of high growth. They're just – they're getting their economic system in place and people are getting more money and they're growing very rapidly. Now, the the difficulty sometimes and the challenge – that actually makes it a good diversifier is that regulation is inconsistent and currency movements can be dramatic. Mm-hmm. So, these investments are often a lot more volatile than US stocks or even developed international stocks, but because invest you know obviously we want in, they want investment in these economies, um, traditionally that extra volatility has and we expect to go forward to be rewarded with additional return. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to have to stomach a lot more drops. The ups and downs are pretty yeah, big, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of the emerging market side of things. And I want to note that the regulatory environment it's getting better all the time. You know. We, I think we probably have the most transparent and best regulatory environment around the world, followed closely by those developed international companies. But emerging markets are getting better. Mm-hmm. There are some difficulties in some countries and some areas with government intervention into their economy. China's one that comes to mind, um, can make doing business a little bit more challenging. So that's something that has to be taken into consideration. But the growth is just undeniable, and you really can't find it anywhere else around the world. So that's pillar number three. Pillar number four small cap U.S. stocks. It's another area that it's good to have exposure to. So these kind of smaller market cap companies, um, they're very closely tied to the economic cycles here in the United States. They perform exceptionally well Early on, during uh, during an economic cycle, during expansionary times, and they do a little bit worse than larger companies during contractions in the economy. But again, like emerging market stocks, over time investors have been rewarded with better returns for that additional risk and that additional cyclicality there. Um, so that is that. Those are the four main pillars. Now we're going to dig into in a little bit some of the subcategories within those, but that those are the four main pillars that I would say are, are things to consider putting in your portfolio for a well-diversified equity portfolio. And when you're talking small cap,
2: those are the smaller companies, again, we talk about cap. There's U.S. small cap, there's international True. small cap, There's and they tend to both be similar in that they're a little more volatile, because they're smaller companies, there's a little more swings, but you do get a little bit more enhanced growth than the large cap because they, they're expanding, they're, yes. they're capturing market share. Yep. But there's U.S. and international small
1: true. cap. that share. is true. Mm-hmm. All
2: right, let's take a quick break. I got a dad joke for you.
1: Ooh, all right. I've been waiting for this all yes, week.
2: I'm pretty excited. Okay. Did you hear about the two houses falling in love?
1: I did not. Yes.
2: It was a lawn distance relationship.
1: <laughs> that is hilarious. It's... That is, that's a long-distance long distance Think about, yeah, that is the connector between houses. That's right. They're like holding hands through their yard all the time. It's a long-distance relationship. So, yes, that is a funny joke, Josh, but I think we should dig a little bit deeper yes. into that diversification. So we talked about, like, broad areas of the market, of mm-hmm. the equity market specifically. Let's dig into some subcategories within that. And, you know, these... Are, again, these? you can obviously buy oh, general investments in the areas we just talked about, but you can also go a little bit more specific, and we'll talk about how in a little bit, but you can go a little bit more specific if you want to hold different kinds of- You can of, invest in the Pacific? You, you could. Or sp- sp- both. specific? Both. Both. Okay. Both. Specific, Pacific companies. So let's start at the most general one. This is called a blend investment. And this is- Typically uh, established, growing at a sustainable rate, companies that have been around for a long time, uh, usually a general representation of the market as a whole, easy to access via an index or an ETF. So that's kind of like your run of the mill. You want to get a category, you can get a just a general xyz etf that fills that category So
2: like sp500 would really be a blend yeah it's because it has a little bit of everything now i
1: would note that specifically with the s&p 500 because it's market cap weighted and a lot of those larger companies in in the market in terms of market cap they are more growth oriented companies the s&p 500 tends to la or tends to lean a little bit more growthy but yes that would be a great example of that So speaking of that, alternatively, next category, you can invest in growth companies, and you can get that through an ETF as well. Um, But these companies, guess what? They grow. They grow fast. Uh, And they are innovating, and they're changing rapidly. They generally, not always, but generally don't pay dividends or as high of dividends because they're constantly reinvesting in the business. And they usually trade at a substantial valuation premium. So what you pay for what you get in terms of earnings. They're expensive. Yes, to the overall market. And that's because you're looking far ahead in terms of how many how fast and how many years this company is going to grow for to get to today's price now that also makes them more susceptible to interest rate volatility so as interest rates rise that means that all those earnings in the future are all of a sudden worth a lot less and that can put pressure on or on on growth stocks like this so flip side of that coin is value stocks so value stocks are your old school, slow growth, steady as she goes companies. They've been around for decades. They have fortress balance sheets, lots of cash, low debt, and they usually pay a sizable cash dividend. These companies offer value because the market may believe they're underpriced because of what we're to compare to where they had historically been. So that's why they would be categorized as a value company because yep. they're trading cheap relative to what they had been trading back in, you know, their higher growth phase or whatever. So that is, you know, the theory of value investing is that these companies in terms of their valuation is going to increase more towards its average over time and they're just temporarily beat down. So that's third category fourth is real estate. So we we had an episode on real estate, check it out. We'll link it in the show notes. Yep. But one way to access real estate is through the stock market and that's specifically through real estate investment trusts. Mm-hmm. The way that these corporations are treated, they must pay 90% of their income as dividends to shareholders, which sounds like a lot. And it is a lot. Um, But they pay a great dividend, and that's why it's a good thing to consider adding to your portfolio. Now, I will note that there may be some of these real estate investment trusts already in other assets that you're buying. So if you're buying an S&P 500 index fund or whatever, it's going to have these already in there, some exposure to some extent. But there's all kinds of different real estate investment trusts out there, many different areas of the market, big ones, small ones, technology, malls, data centers, all over the place. So those are like the four subcategories within the four major categories of diversification. So
2: I could have a growth international, a value international, a growth emerging market, small cap, large cap Emerging market real estate. Yeah, you can make a combination of those. And that then becomes, okay... There was four main categories, four subcategories. Statistics tell me that's a lot of combinations. And so what do I do? And high level, like you said, a portfolio is weighting. really matters based on what are your goals for that investment, right. for that account, for, for your money. What is your time horizon? What's your risk tolerance, which is important because we talk about emerging markets being more volatile. In small caps. Yep. yep. So that's the answer. I, we can't sit here and say you need X percent in large caps. It really depends on what you're trying to achieve there. Absolutely. Um, but from a high level, the more of these asset classes and sub-asset classes you have, the more diversity you will have in spreading out among different places.
1: And what do you always say about portfolios?
2: portfolios if you don't like something that's happening at any point in time you're probably diversified that's right and that's a good thing you can't, not it, everything should head the same direction
1: the same time all the time because it's great when it's all heading up yep. but when it all falls apart that's They're probably horrible. all gonna go
2: the same that's horrible yes we call that correlation and you don't want everything to be correlated it shouldn't be
1: perfectly correlated yes. exactly
2: all right so that's diversification now let's talk about how do I do that? You mentioned most of these you could buy in ETFs and mutual funds, but what does it look like?
1: Yeah. So like, like I mentioned before, you can accomplish a lot of this diversification through mutual funds or ETFs. You can also, you know, you can buy securities, whether that be individual securities or those mutual funds or ETFs that are either actively, meaning people are actively choosing the weightings and what's in them or passively managed, meaning it's kind of representing an index. Or you could alternatively just buy uh, you could buy individual securities. You could buy bl- securities that do it all for you. So I'm thinking of something like a world, like a world, something that represents the all-world index. Yep. That would be something that would have got everything: international, emerging markets, U.S., small cap, large cap, goats. everything. I mean, Anything you think of <laughs> can have there. goats. I, I wonder what the what the price of goats over time has compared to the S and P 500. Look that up. I um, but yes, I was just kidding.
2: No that's my goat joke. So there, the it's funny. Are, yeah. Our friends,
1: the Lynx. So, Lynx, if you're listening, Colin, Grace, they have goats. Mm-hmm. And Colin was helping me with a house project a week ago. And he's like, Yeah, last night I just brought home uh, three more goats. And I was like, Ah, I guess you got to get back to the kids tonight. Mm-hmm.
2: That's funny There you go. So, yes, are goats. the goats that you scare and they like freeze up and fall over? They
1: had scaring goats or whatever they were called. And goats. I, there were videos where they would just jump and try and make them scare their pants off of them. The they, they don't actually wear pants. But some, then they posted it to Facebook, and someone got mad because you're not supposed to. scare Because apparently, them. don't scare them. Like, it's bad on their heart. <laughs> but it cracked me up so hard. Well, so scaring goats, don't do it. I think they're or do do it. I it's know. hilarious. So yes, that or those are some ways that you can. Kind of get, get the actual exposure. Those can be ETFs, mutual funds, individual securities. Buy one to do it all. Individually choose them. You can splice and dice that however you want. At the end of the day, what's most important is that you are diversified. Once you are diversified, you can worry about figuring out how, you know, the, the ins and outs of all the little details of right. all the weightings. But getting there is probably, you know, step one. Yep. Number two, you could work with an advisor like, like we had talked about a couple times. And that is their job. They know how to take your goals, where you're at, what you want to do, how much you can contribute, or how much you need, or whatever that looks like, and they'll put together the plan for you yep. based on your risk tolerance, your situation in life. And I, I personally think, you know, I, yes, I might be biased. I kind of work in the industry, but these people are worth what they what their fee is because they they do put you in a position to succeed over time. So yeah. and c-
2: diversification. Is important. And you may think, okay, the more I buy, the more spread out I am, aren't I going to reduce my returns over the long run? Well, yes. If you're saying, I pick one stock that does really well versus a diversified portfolio, you're not going to get the same results. Right. But what you're going to get is a smoother ride along the way. smoother ride means a higher probability of sticking with your plan. Higher probability with your plan means you get an overall better result than you would have trying to pick and come in and out of those stocks. That's just it. And it's all
1: about y- your behavior at yes, that point. It is. If you can build... Is there to yeah.
2: avoid making that mistake of selling because the ups and downs are too much for you to handle.
1: Absolutely. If you can build a portfolio that you can sleep at night with, yes. regardless of if the market's falling apart or not, or, or the United States market or yeah. the emerging market or whatever is falling apart, then you've done your job. Yes. So... Yeah, that's exactly where it's at. Josh, kind of wrap it up on so just some overall thoughts there. Yeah.
2: So high level, you know, when you're building a portfolio, make sure it's diversified. Add to it when you have the money. When you need the money, you draw from it. That's investing. So <laughs> that's simple, right? High level, it's right? pretty simple. When you have the money, you add to it. Don't try to time it. Just say, if I have money and I'm contributing, I'm going to do that periodically on a set plan. That way, I'm not trying to outsmart anything or anybody. I'm just adding money when I have it. All right. When the market's down, don't panic. Don't sell. Just stay invested. Or
1: buy. Or buy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes, that's exactly why it. And do not forget to rebalance because, yes. rebalance as we important. had talked about, these things move in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Different magnitudes, different yes. speeds. And it is possible that over time they will get out of weight. So, if you have a hypothetical, 25% in those four buckets mm-hmm. each. After a year, one may have done really well, one may have not done well, and two in the middle or whatever so your your weightings are all of a sudden way out of whack, and you might be yeah, overweight rebalance. to one so then what you can one option you can do is rebalance on a set basis that's a great option for a lot of people. Number two is if you're periodically contributing, you can work it out so that your contributions go to what's most underweight yep and then you're kind of Get always you you're always going to be more close to where you would be there yep. so um that's what I would advise. But uh, I guess, as, a, as an overall thought, we built this free gift to you. It's a eight, eight principles of timeless investing. These are overarching investment themes to keep you on track to meet your goals. Um, we don't necessarily, you know, we talk about a lot of things for your high level plan. We don't get into too many details. We think that that's best case for a financial advisor to talk about there but check it out it's free on our website josh how can people help us grow this podcast yep
2: make sure you subscribe that way you know every thursday when a new episode is released also leave us a review on apple Podcasts, and if you have any ideas or questions please shoot us an email at hello at the invested dot com and if you know someone who's talking about diversification or they just need to hear this share this episode with them
1: all right well until next thursday have a great week all right talk to you later bye
0: Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh, Robb, and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast there is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.